Welcome into the Deep Slam Podcast. I'm your host, D.P. Sidhu. Today we've got Whitney Merciless outside linebacker, starting outside linebacker for your Houston Texans, talking about basically his last year. It was October 19th that he got placed on IR after that horrible pectoral injury against Kansas City. His road to recovery. Some interesting tidbits about Whitney. He speaks another language. We got into that a little bit. Uh, plus, you'll get to really get a sense of Whitney's personality. I, I always like to say he's one of the most cheerful, most optimistic guys in the locker room. And just him talking about that entire year of rehab process, this entire this entire past year, uh, he, he actually, the rehab was much shorter than that, but just getting back on the field and, and sort of how his role has changed and evolved a little bit now, seven years into the league. We're going to catch up with Whitney. Uh, we also have J.P. Shadrick of the Jaguars Radio Network. I visit with J.P. a couple times a year, and it's really interesting now with the Jaguars at 3-3, three and three, the Texans at 3-3, three and three, um, both teams getting to that record in two very different ways. The Jaguars had a 2-0 start to the year and then lost their last two in uh, really, really awful losses against the Cowboys and against Kansas City. So mood is down in Jacksonville. They've had a lot of injuries on offense. We're going to talk to him about what he thinks about this Jaguars team heading into the second half of the season and heading into this game against the Texans. Uh, But first... Let's talk about Bose, the Houston Texans. They spent so much time prepping for game day, countless hours. They rely on the Bose Quiet Comfort 35 headphones, too, to block out distractions and focus on what matters most. Powerful noise-canceling technology helps you do the same. You can you can concentrate on your music, your work, whatever you're doing. You can do it with the QC35 wires, wireless headphones, too. Learn more at Bose.com slash Texans. Bose, the exclusive sound of the Houston Texans. And also be sure to check out Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers. Uh, new food truck is custom designed to bring you steak burgers, fries, and frozen custard uh, right to your event. But, you know, if you'd rather go somewhere and eat, there's 12 locations and three new ones opening up soon in Fulshire, Kingwood, and Porter. Freddy's Original Double Steak Burger is a real game changer. So with that, let's get into the podcast. We've got Mr. Whitney Merciless here. We I love talking to Whitney about um, Haiti and Haitian food and Haitian language. We'd actually never talked about whether or not he speaks the language that his parents uh, grew up speaking in Haiti, whether he knows that language, how fluent he is. And, and we kind of got into this conversation before I even started the interview. So actually, when the interview started, we sort of continued that. And uh, here it is. Take a listen. Whitney Merciless on the Deep Slant Podcast. All right, joining me today, Whitney Merciless here inside NRG Stadium. Whitney, I just learned that you speak another language. I feel like I'm learning new things about you all the time, but yeah. you speak your parents' native language that they speak in Haiti. Yeah, Creole. 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 That's a native, native tongue in Haiti. Uh, I speak to them all the time in it. Uh, just a little simple, uh, I know you're probably going to ask, but a little little simple word that you could say is, uh, what's up? Okay, and, and what would I say? You would say, mapule. Mapule. Yep. And that means? Uh, man, I'm, I'm just terrible? Not, no. No, 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 no. Means I'm real. good? Yeah, I'm good. it just means I'm good. I'm, I'm here, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on fire. That's do you it. talk to your parents in, the, in, in what is it, Creole? Yep. Mm-hmm. How do you spell that? Yeah, uh, C-O, so C-R-E-O-L-E. Oh, Creole, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you speak back to them in Creole and mm-hmm. not in English. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's something. I mean, it's like it's Keeps funny. You fresh. They'll say they'll speak in Creole. I'll I'll respond in uh, English or I'll speak in Creole and they'll respond. So in that's English how sometimes. my parents are. My yeah. parents talk to me in Punjabi and I talk back to them in English unless there's other people around. And yeah. I do, and then they're like, why Why are you not speaking English? Who, who's next to you? Yes, exactly. Sometimes I want my conversations to be private. Private. Yep. You know exactly. what I mean? It's, it's a nice little thing to have in your back pocket. A little more scope. It must be nice to run into other people from Haiti and you get to just bust it out with yeah. them, right? Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. It, it feels great. It's like man. And I, it's refreshing to see some, you know, somebody else in my culture and uh, my like my heritage, uh, just to be, you know, out here and we get to meet up and just talk. Have a shared sometimes. language, exactly. Well, it is great to have you back on the field as well. I didn't get to sit down with you last year because after five weeks, obviously, we all know what happened with your with your pectoral injury, and, and now you're back again. I feel like you came back in OTAs. Uh, before OTs even started, and you yeah. said, I'm full go, I'm ready to go. Yep. And then, you know, it was put to bed and it was put to rest. But I want to revisit back to last year. That was the worst injury that you'd probably had in your football career up until that point, correct? Yeah, most definitely. Knew. For me to miss any significant amount of time, yeah, the pectoral injury, you know, put me out and all that. And, you know, it's funny, I never had anything like that. So I was like, uh, when, when I got injured, you know, asking the uh, the athletic trainers, I'm like, man, so uh, I'm going to be out only a couple of weeks. They're like, no, you're, buddy, you're actually done for the entire season. You so, didn't know. No, <laughs> not at all. Did it not feel that significant at the time? <laughs> it really didn't. It really didn't. I, You know, I had adrenaline still rushing in me and oh, things this like is, that. Oh, this is like right after the game. Oh, yeah, Garrett. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I was still fresh in and, uh, you know, did – the x-ray, the MRIs, and all that. And so it really came back as, yeah, I'm going to be done for it. Whitney, you're such an optimistic, upbeat person. Mm -hmm. Like, what was your reaction? I cannot even imagine you not being that, but, like, when you found out that it was going to be season ending and it was more significant than you thought, like, yeah. you know, what, what what was going through your head? Uh, pretty much I'm like, okay, what's the next chapter? What's the next road? What's the next challenge for me to face in order to really overcome this? And really, I knew I wasn't going to be able to contribute any any kind of way on the field. So what can I do? It's pretty much just getting my body back to full health. Um, and just being ready for the next season and really, you know, helping out the guys and, you know, at my position. Uh, so you well, still stayed in the, the linebacker? Were you still able to go to the meetings oh, and yeah, participate? Yeah. yeah, I was still able to participate in the meetings and all that. And, you know, some of the younger guys would come to me and ask questions, and, you know, I'd help them out uh, any way that I could. Things that I've experienced or seen over the time that I've played. What did you learn about yourself through the whole rehab process? Uh, man, that's a good question. I learned. Uh, I feel like it's such a. Yeah. It's one of those experiences where you have to really dig deep sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, because it's they're they're going to be good days and, uh, yeah. and bad days, right? Exactly, exactly. And uh, you know, I've had bad days before, you know, in different ways, not with injuries and things like that. And so it was just a different type of uh, you know upswing or downswing that I had to deal and face with. And you know, one thing I just learned about myself is just uh, I'm like you said, I'm pretty optimistic and. Uh, I learned about myself that, you know, I really don't really get phased by these type of things. And I'm a very resilient person, you know, as far as that goes on the field as well, too. So I just ultimately I brought football on <laughs> off the field uh, in a way in my mindset in order to push forward and really get better. So the way that you conduct yourself on the field, you sort of attacked your rehab the same same Ex- sort of way. Exactly. Were you pleased with how fast you were able to get back on the field? Was that? Yeah. On schedule, ahead of schedule. Yeah, I was. Uh, I thought it. I thought it was ahead of schedule. I thought. Yeah. You know, that was a pretty significant injury. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, you know, 
ah, let's see, what did they tell me? It's like, I don't know, maybe a four-month process or something like that in order to really get your rehab and get back to it and stuff like that. And uh, I was on pace, if not a little bit ahead, and I was right back on OTAs just going through everything, uh, hitting, not really thinking about the injury. You know, sometimes when you have injuries, you kind of have it in the bed, linger in the back sure. of your mind and things like that. And so, But once I came back uh, – I was ready. I was really good to go. I was hitting, you know, uh, benching just fine, things like that. And also with our new coaching staff, uh, the uh, athletic tra- or the strength and conditioning staff sure. really helped me to get back in a timely manner as well. Was there any part of your – I know you have so many pass rush moves or so much that is asked of you. Was there any significant part of your game that you were most worried about that would be affected by I'd an say, injury like that? I, I feel I'd like say, you use that muscle in everything. <laughs> yeah. Like I was yeah. thinking about it after the game, and I'm like, everything – it was one of the moms, actually, in carpool. She came, she was like, pectoral injury. She's like, do you realize how much we use our pectoral muscles? And I was like, that's a really good point because yeah. you don't realize it until you're injured there, right? Exactly. Uh, and so, it, I mean, it's everything that I do on the field, uh, whether it's rushing the passer, setting the edge in the run game, uh, you know, as far as, like, making tackles, things like that. And so that's yeah, the main thing that I was concerned about was just bench pressing a guy uh, who's like 300 pounds and just setting the edge on him and making sure that thing would hold up just fine. But uh, that's been the case. I've been just fine uh, so far this season. All right. Then you had training camp and you were full go in training camp. And then you you had to take a few steps back with the hamstring. Yep. You know, what's the attitude there? How is that frustrating? I mean, I know Uh, it's just just (laughs) training camp. You're obviously back for the start of the season. They don't want to take any chances with you. But, you know, what? how do you get through something like that? Yeah, to come back and then start – and definitely having a great training camp, you know, before the uh, before the injury happened or the uh, hamstring. It, you yeah, know, we were kinda... doing training camp diaries with Whitney Merciless. Yeah. You were on a roll, and then it just got it, and then just stopped just like that. And it was just like, I, you know, a little bit frustrated. It's just like, dang, I, I, man, I was just on a roll. I was getting to where I was, you know, at my prowess and all that. And uh, sure enough, you know, halted short just a little bit before, uh, and it was a four-week process in order to rehab, get right, make sure the hamstring is responding ju- just right so that there's no setbacks or anything like that. And, uh, you know, I really had to go back and really say the same thing. It's like, okay, it's a process, you know, attack it the same way. Stay in the meetings, understand what, what we're doing, stay locked in because by the time week one comes, you know, I got to be ready and re- be full going. Sure enough, that's exactly what I did. How much pressure do you put on yourself in those situations to be ready for week one? Ah, there's a lot of pressure. I mean, there's pressure from everybody that wants to see you on the field, but internally I have to imagine there's nothing more than the pressure you're putting on yourself. Oh, no doubt. We put pressure on ourselves, a ton of pressure on ourselves, uh, because we want to be the greatest at everything that we do. You know, I put a ton of pressure on myself in order to, you know, I want to be able to go out there and make the plays, make, uh, you know, have the production that I want to, things like that, so that, you know, I'm always looked at it as a guy from my peers and my coaches that man and like he's going to do his job he's going to make plays out there he's going to affect the game somehow some way and uh you know when injuries happen and things like that it's like ah man like you want to be out there yes yeah. exactly romeo cornell says this year they're moving you around a lot more they're doing a lot of different things mm-hmm. uh with you what's that like seven years in yeah You're still learning yeah still uh, i mean it, it's a learning process every single are day. you ever like can i just coast a little <laughs> bit like i've put in my time i just want to you know go out there and do my thing sometimes you definitely want to do that but you know as far as the as far as the games go games go uh, we have to be able to do give different looks, uh, not really get stuck in the same things because there's game plans that happen from our opponents. And so it's like if you put it, throw out that same – if we throw out the same game plan that we did the week before, 
and somebody coaches against it, it's pretty much going to hamper us and really hurt us in a way. And so uh, I understand exactly what Rack is trying to do, um, you know, as far as different looks, uh, get guys, you know, whether it's like bring three guys in a rush, have guys drop out, or, you know, four guys, five guys to rush against a quarterback, and I'm completely fine with that. Now, for me as a player, I have to understand the game, especially when I'm dropping the coverage, to understand different route concepts and things like that. And that's not something that I've really taken to a whole lot before because I didn't do much of it. And so now I have to understand, hey, if I'm playing, you know, playing a cover two, cover one, I got to understand the like route beaters, uh, Tampa two beaters, things like that. And so um, honestly, it's just going out there and practice and really giving the coaches exactly what they, you know, pretty much trying to make them trusted in me so that I can go out there and go perform and be in the right place at the right time. That's exactly almost to a T what Romeo had said about you. He said, we ask him to do so much, and he just goes out there and does it. He understands what we're trying to do out there with this defense. And then, you know, I was asking Bill O'Brien about you because I know there's a lot of expectation on you and what you're able to do with this defense. And, you know, sometimes the stat sheet doesn't always reflect what right. you're able to do on the field. And so I asked him, what is it that Whitney does that you don't see on the stat sheet? And he, like, gave me a list of things. He said that you did, quote, an unbelievable job of setting the edge, stopping the run, rushing the passer, helping in coverage. Um, and he said that, you know, obviously what you do inside the locker room, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with helping other players and, yeah. uh, and all that. I, I imagine that's got to feel good. But, you know, how do you feel like your season is going so far this year? Because you've, you've, you've battled a lot of things yeah. to get back out there. <laughs> You know, but where do you feel like you're at? Yeah, uh, honestly, you know, the thing is, even though I don't feel like I have had the production that I wanted to, like I've had in the past, I'm exactly where I need to be, you know, as far as, and I feel good. Um, you know, my body feels great. I feel strong. I feel like I'm doing exactly what I need to do in order to, you know, help the team win and not really, ca- and not compromising the defense or anything like that. And I feel like, yeah, there's some plays that I've missed and everybody, you know, misses plays and things like that, but it's, you can't always like, you know, I got to go make a play. I got to go make a play. What Rack says is do your job and then help out. So I got to do my job, make sure I make the plays that come to me, and then go help out once my, my job is secured. And that, and that's how you build that trust, that relationship with the coaches. And they understand, hey, this guy, can he understands the game. He understands exactly what's expected of him, and he will do it the right thing every single time. And so that's why I can go out there and make plays, and they trust me to like. And Rack wants to move me around, make plays in that, in that sort of fashion. Well, you're also helping out off the field as well. You're doing great things with your foundation with Mercy. You've got an event coming up soon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be on November 5th. Uh, that's our Down with Mercy event, and so we'll be honoring some uh, great Houstonians uh, who do a great job in the community, uh, who really do you know give out their hearts that you know help a lot of people in need in some way or some fashion and uh you know it's just going to be re- like a ton of fun uh we'll be showing well representing some of our uh, partners as well too like easter seals faces here and, and uh also the astros foundation as well too which we're uh working on and you know just to really help out a lot of families with raising children with disabilities uh that's our main focus and we rotate focuses each year first year we did autism this year we're doing cerebral palsy and we're Fantastic. really yeah we're really focusing on uh just the uh, the disabilities that aren't really not really heard of that much, and uh, we yeah. really focus. I need a little bit more uh, yeah. to be in the spotlight. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Some awareness. All right, good stuff, Whitney. If they want to learn more about your foundation, what's your website? You can go to withmercy.org or follow us on you know Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything. All right, good stuff, Whitney Merciless. Thanks so much, Whitney. Best of luck for the rest of the season. I uh, appreciate it. Oh, did you forget? Sac passe. Ma. Boulet. Boulet. I knew ah, I was going to remember. <laughs> I'll remember it now. All right, good stuff, Whitney. Thanks so much.
Good stuff with Whitney Merciless. I know a lot of people look at stats when it comes to these defensive players, but, you know, we've heard Bill O'Brien and Romeo Cornell talk about uh, the many assets that Whitney Merciless brings to the field. And I think last year when he was injured, you definitely saw the defense take a, you know, take a big hit with the loss of him because he's able to do um, what Jadevian Clowney and J.J. Watt can't do when they're moving in certain directions. Whitney Merciless sort of counteracts the movements of those two, and he fills in the gaps nicely, sets the edge, stops the run. He takes you know he he said it himself i think really well he said do your job and, and then and then go help out everyone else so sometimes just doing your job is is what's needed and that may not get you the the big flashy stats but i hope that those numbers come for him soon i feel like they are he usually has really good games against jacksonville against blake bortles in 2015 he had like three and a half sacks so i feel like he's really close every week we see him sort of inching closer and closer to that and then of course his, his hamstring injury that he talked about that he dealt with in training camp so overall it's it was a little bit of a rough off season for Whitney but he's back in the game and he's been healthy and we definitely want to see that as the season rolls on well we're going to roll on with the deep slant podcast we've got JP Shadrick of the Jaguars radio network and JP's so much fun to catch up with I sent him a meme that I saw on Twitter that was um like that Scooby-Doo, uh, I don't know what the guy's name is, the guy from Scooby-Doo, the blonde guy that wears the little neckerchief. He ha- There was a ghost in front of him, um, a, like a, a, a guy in a costume, I should say, with the jaguar's head, and he takes the, 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 co- the mask off, and underneath is like the old jaguar. So it's like you rip off the new jaguar's mask, and underneath is the same old jaguar's. Basically, somebody had put that out there because the jaguar's had lost a couple, a little bit of frustration in Jacksonville. And JP is not one to mince words either when, when things get tough in Jacksonville, but he always gives it to us straight. So why we like catching up with him. Here's JP Shadrick talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Joining me today, my good friend J.P. Shadrick of the Jaguars Radio Network. How are you today, J.P.? I'm doing great, D.P. It's always good to visit with you, and it's always fun to see the Texans come to town. It is always fun, although I've got to say this Jaguars team's got a lot of people worried. But with the last two weeks, everything that's happened, i got to ask, J.P., what is going on in Jacksonville? Yeah, a lot of soul-searching is going on in Jacksonville right now, it sounds like. Doug Marone, after the game in Dallas last week, said they've got to look at everything from from coaching to players to scheme. to the, So they're, they're turning over every leaf here to try to figure out what happened the last two weeks. So the bottom line is uh, they were out of the ballgame in the first half each of the last two weeks. In Kansas City two weeks ago, it was 20 to nothing at halftime. The Jags offense failed. Uh, four out of five times in the red zone, they couldn't score, and they turned it over five times. And then last week, uh, they were blown out of the out of AT&T Stadium in Dallas by the Cowboys. They scored 24 in the first half, and the Jags didn't get anything done until uh, really in the second half, and it was pretty much over by then. So uh, it was an all-around just beatdown by the Cowboys last week, a team that had scored less than 17 points a game, put up 40 on this Jags team. So... Uh, a lot of, you know, question marks, fans are angry, broadcasters are yelling at each other around here. I mean, it is a, it's a struggle right now, and uh, it's a team that feels like they're much better than they've put on tape the last two weeks, and this is a week to prove it. A home game, the only game in Jacksonville over the next six weeks of the season, or in this six-week span of the season, because the Jags are in London next week. So you got to get a home win this week against the Texans to get back on track. A must-game win for both of these teams. And, you know, you mentioned the, the disappointment in the last two weeks as back-to-back losses. It seems like these two teams could not 
have started off the season any differently. The Jags started off 2-0. and They beat the Patriots. They just looked like the team that should have won the AFC Championship last year. Meanwhile, the Texans go 0-3. And so the Texans have won three straight. The Jags have lost two straight. Both teams sitting here at 3-3 and tied for the division lead. What is everyone saying about the state of the Jags right now? Do they look like a different team from that 2-0 and start? Yeah, I think last week's game in Dallas just kind of scared the heck out of a lot of people because uh, there have been moments where the offense has played great, you know, and the defense is, has done what they've done last season, you know, and that's take the ball away some and, and wreak a little havoc, but they haven't been that game-wrecking defense that they were last year. You guys saw it week one last year with the 10 sacks and the strip sacks and the returns for touchdowns and all that. They haven't done a lot of that. They had an interception return week one against uh, the Giants. Uh, that's their only defensive score. They had a safety earlier this year. Those are the only two defensive scores they've had this year. Uh, they haven't gotten home on the quarterback a whole lot compared to last season. Uh, that's got to change a little bit. They're still second in the league in total yards on defense, and they're you know first against the pass, so they're doing things well. It's just they're not having those big splash plays. And the offense is up and down. Uh, Blake Bortles will have a great day. Uh, then he won't and receivers aren't having a great day, and then they will, and then the running backs hurt, and then who's going to run the ball today, and who's going to play left tackle this week or on the third left tackle of the season. So there's a little inconsistency in the play uh, since that 2-0 start, I think. Uh, if they can work through the injury bug that's bit them right now and get to the bye week in a couple of weeks, get healthy again, and make the run, I think everything will be okay. I know a lot of us saw that Jalen Ramsey post-game interview after the Dallas loss. So... <laughs> Very uncharacteristically quiet after that game. How surprised were you to see this sort of change in attitude after that loss? Are are you worried at all, or is this just sort of what you think is a wake-up call for that Jags defense? Yeah, I think Calais Campbell probably put it best in the locker room. He said, hey, we got beat, and we just got to go wear it. You know, Um, This is a team that talks a lot. And when you talk a lot and you get your tail whipped like they did last week, they're going to figure out how to handle it they haven't had that a whole lot in their you know time around here in jacksonville so for jalen i mean jalen's gonna be fine leading up to the game and he's actually been very very good in his pre-game interviews his thursday press conference each week uh, he had a little tiff with the media here early in the preseason you know and that was that's kind of worn off now i'm curious to see this week how he um comes back off of that loss after you know immediately in the locker room you never know guys are upset and this and that. so I'm not really going to buy too much into it um, but I will say we'll see this Thursday how he responds and and how this defense uh, gets ready and comes off giving up 40 points I mean they gave up 24 when it was really a close football you know when it really mattered in the first half uh, the ones in the second half games kind of away from you short fields off turnovers and, and so I'm not buying into the second half too much. This defense is going to be okay. They're going to still talk some. They, I think they'll tone it down a bit, though, after the last two weeks and uh, and just move forward. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey, always good for a good sound bite. And, and those oh, matchups yeah. love with... him. Absolutely love him. I mean, <laughs> no, not complaining. He's a lot of fun to – that, that entire story that came out in GQ over the summer, it had everybody talking across the country. And he didn't have anything bad to say about the Texans. So I, well, I can't complain. He's got to play him. <laughs> He's got to play the Texans twice a year. That's probably why. <laughs> and he has respect for Hopkins and, and those guys, and, and that's been out in the public before and, and, and likes his play and, and likes when they line up against each other, and I think that respect is fun to watch. But uh, it's a broadcaster's dream. I mean, we, you know, of course. We, we trim four or five sound bites out of every press conference he has, and, and they're, they're gold, you know. Uh, but 
then again, the football side of things may not like that as much because it puts a target on their back, and then you have to wear it when things don't go well. Yeah, you've got six Pro Bowl players on that defense right now. Uh, when you look at the forest through the trees, are there any standouts so far for an even better 2018 campaign for any of the, the, the big names on defense? Yeah, it's tough, you know, because the stats might not be there. Miles um, Jack's playing good football. He was not one of those pro bowlers last year, and he's the every-down middle linebacker now. He's not going to have the huge, you know, tackle numbers and all that, but for the most part, he's playing good ball. He hasn't had the impact plays that he had in the postseason last year. He had an interception against Pittsburgh in the divisional playoff, and, of course, the big uh, strips, fumble thing, the Miles Jack wasn't downplayed in the AFC Championship game. He hasn't had a lot of that yet. Uh, I think those come at some point for him. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe had a couple of sacks last week. He's been a little slow starting, as this entire pass rush has been, in fact. But he's starting to get home a little bit now. He's getting closer and closer to the quarterback. A guy who went to the Pro Bowl last year uh, with a big sack total. And, and there were a lot of people that picked him possibly as a defensive player of the year candidate. Well, he hasn't lived up to that yet, but he's still playing good football, and he's starting to come around. And he never slows down. He's got an unbelievable motor. Those are two that I'd pick right now. Uh, secondary's had their moments where they've gotten beat, you know, and that's just kind of part of the, the, the life in the NFL and the defensive backfield. And I think they're trying to figure out some things now, some communication issues on defense the last couple of weeks and uh, between all three levels. So uh, it's a work in progress on defense. There are a couple guys, some guys playing well, and it's okay. And obviously they're still good because they're second in the league in total defense. All right, let's talk about Leonard Fournette. He's been a big storyline this year. I keep seeing reports that he could return this week against the Texans. And if he does, do you think he's full go? That's a great question because he left the week one game in New York against the Giants and did not even make it to halftime in week one, which is certainly a great disappointment because he put up, put up some numbers in that game early. And then it was the next week or so, is he going to play, is he not? We don't know. It's a hamstring. Okay. Then he comes out and plays another half of football a couple of weeks later, doesn't even make it through that half. So he hasn't even played a full game this season for the Jaguars. So spots of two football games. And, you know, I'll believe it when he walks out of the tunnel with smoke and fire and the lineups are being announced. And when he steps on the field behind Blake Bortles on the opening play of a game. I mean, that's because uh, there's been all these speculations. Oh, he's going to try it out on Saturday. We'll see on Sunday, game time decision. Then he hasn't gone, you know, so. Uh, do they miss him? Sure. I, I think he's the identity of this offense. I don't know what else you can point to right now. It's the run, They want to run the football, and in order to run the football, well, you need a really good running back to do that. Uh, and he's a guy they drafted in the first round to be on the field, and he hasn't been on the field this year. So T.J. Yeldon's been playing well in his place. Uh, they got Jamal Charles last week because they needed some help. Corey Grant's on injured reserve now. He's done. So um, that's what they've been rolling with right now. Uh, it'd be great to have him back, but I, I just, like I said, I won't believe it until I see it. I think they should just rest him for another week, JP. I think just to be on the safe side, you know? I mean, <laughs> well, I just, just hope my... that whoever's back there could run the football and, and keep J.J. Watt and Clowney at bay. I mean, because uh, the way these tackles and the offensive line has struggled the last couple of weeks with pass rush, uh, that's not a good combination for this Jags team if they get down in this game and those guys get rolling. So uh, all the running backs we can find here at TIAA Bank Field will be on the 
the active roster this Sunday. Certainly very battered at running back the Jags this year. You, you mentioned the offense and the being scoreless in the first half of both of those games against Casey and Dallas. Mm-hmm. What's been behind the slow starts? Is it the injuries or is there something else that, that the Jags are looking to correct? Yeah, the football guys over here will never tell you, oh, it's injuries, we're beat up, you know, woe is me. Uh, it's always next man up, and we can do this, and we're looking for. But I can I can say that, yeah, injuries have beat this team up a little bit. They're on their third left tackle of the year. They just signed Eric Flowers, for goodness sakes, who was uh, cut by the Giants, a guy who, you know, the Jags saw week one, had to trip Calais Campbell and couldn't keep up with him on the right side, and he's out of out of New York now. They needed him just as in case. He's a better option at the tackle position. Every other offensive lineman has a little something they're going through right now. They've been on the report the last couple of weeks. They've played, but they've been on the report. Uh, wide receiver play has been a little inconsistent. Running back situations, they're beat up. Uh, Blake Bortles is up and down and uh, hasn't been totally great this year. He's had his moments. So, yeah, there's some of that. I, I think that's uh, that's a big part of it is the injury bug. They put Last week alone, they put Corey Grant, Austin Safarian Jenkins, the left tackle Josh Wells, the long snapper Carson Tinker, and now this week wide receiver Jadon Mickens and punt returner all on injured reserve. Um, that was in the last week alone. That that doesn't even count Cam Robinson, the starting left tackle in the first second week of the season, and Marquise Lee, the wide receiver in the preseason. I mean, this is a beat up offense. It's not what you envisioned at all. So, you know, it's been hard to sustain drives and stay on the field. When they have, they've won. They haven't had a lead change this year, DP. If they have the lead, they win the game. If they don't have the lead first, they lose the game. So that's pretty simple math to me. Get in the end zone first. Stay on the field, take a lead, let your defense go to work. If you don't, they've been in trouble. And that's the that's the point on offense this week. Stay on the field, get some early points, and let's go. That's an interesting stat, JP. They haven't had a lead change this year. It's a good it's one to know. It's remarkable. I mean, it's, you know, you get down. Like last week, the Cowboys score field goals, 3 nothing. Okay, no big deal, right? All right, let's go offense. They just had a 3 and out. All right, let's get moving. Uh-oh, another 3 and out. Here come the Cowboys. They drive down the field, touchdown, 10 nothing. Oh, boy, okay, this is not looking good right now. The offense couldn't move in the first – they couldn't do anything. They had three – they had like five possessions, three three-and-outs, um, another punt, and then the end of the half. They couldn't move the ball, and Dallas is driving down the field, and Ezekiel Elliott's running like a deer through the Jaguars, and here goes Cole Beasley getting in the ring of honor last week. So, I mean, that it's, it's just frustrating, you know, when you're down 17 – and the Cowboys pass rush gets going, then you you gotta you gotta abandon the run. You gotta throw the football to get sure. back in the game, and that's not what this offense is built to do. Yeah, good stuff, JP. It's it's remarkable after the starts that these teams have had, and after everything that they've been through. Especially you mentioned all the injuries for the Jags. Both teams still tied for first place in the AFC South <laughs> with the Titans, no less. You know, it's unbelievable. We said in post game last week, yeah, it's three and three. They're tied for first, but the Jags have are trending in the wrong direction right now, and the Texans <laughs> are going the other way. So maybe they can turn it. At, you know, I'm confident there's still good players in this team. They can turn it around. Uh, this is a big game, obviously. You get behind. If you're the Jags fall in this game, then they've lost to the Titans already. Uh, they've lost to the Texans, uh, and you're behind the eight ball in the division standings, 
and you got to go to London with a bye week, and it, it just you win the game, stay on pace in the division, and then get back above 500. That's the Jaguars' perspective, at least. All right, good stuff, JP. Can't wait for this game in Jacksonville on Sunday. A lot on the line for both of these teams, so looking forward to it. Thanks so much. JP Shadrick of the Jaguars Radio Network, as always, JP. Great talking to you. I'll see you in Jacksonville. Sounds great, DP. Always good to see you. We'll talk to you soon. Good stuff from J.P. Shadrick. He does a lot of things there for the Jaguars radio network. He also calls college games on the weekends, too, and he does pregame and, and, and all that sort of breakdown during the week. So he's Mr. Jaguars radio over there. Love catching up with him. We'll do it again later on this year, week 17, when the Texans host the Jaguars here at NRG Stadium. And I love the fact that we're ending the season at home because that game, hopefully, it comes down to something, and it's always great to do so in front of the, the home crowd. Well, that's going to do it for our podcast. If you're listening, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, be sure to leave a review. And as always, thanks for listening, and go Texans.